Hello and welcome to the podcast from Forbes Life India brought to you in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue covers a wide array of subjects, one that includes uh, a little bit about male vanity. There's a striking picture collection on male summer wear montage. There's one piece that celebrates Indian craftsmanship from Delhi. Now it's uh, creating flutters in global audience. Another one on how female singers have influenced music. There's one from how uh, William Dalrymple's camera phone has captured some brilliant black and white images from around the world. There's one on the 400th death anniversary of William Shakespeare. Much, much more. I'll let Abhilasha Khaitan, the editor of Forbes Life India, join in and talk more about this issue. Hi, Abhilasha. Thanks again. Hi, Abhishek. Let's, let's start this time. It's summer and uh, there are a few more stories on the season in this magazine than otherwise. A few days back, I don't know if you read this, uh, Rajasthan clocked a record temperature of 51. Okay, so we're really not talking about the tortuous aspects of summer where, of course, a lot of it even leads to, you know, human tragedy. This is a far more frivolous look at what summer can do for people who can afford it, which is really in terms of uh, staying sort of alive in the season, in terms of colors, in terms of just brightening up a day, which is horribly brightened up by the... (laughs) by the awful sun. It's a celebration of, you know, adventurous men and their choices which go beyond the black, blue, grey, brown. The modern urban man is becoming a little more sort of agreeable to saying, okay, I'm okay with wearing pink. I mean, those stereotypes of what colors men wear, what cuts men wear, what prints men wear. I mean, I know enough people who wear paisley, sepot, and it's not like they have many feminine instincts apart from that. So the person who styled the features, you know, renowned menswear designer, Troy Costa, he very uh, sort of graciously agreed to style this whole feature for us a sort of interesting montage of the kind of colors and, uh, you know, outfits men can wear this uh, season. It takes somebody who's very confident in himself to be able to say, I'm happy to wear a bright blue suit. But, you know, you just see these guys, obviously they're all really good-looking models. They all look great in anything. (laughs) But, but, you know, we just thought we'll have fun with this, you know, and we'll let people who want to have fun with their fashion choices uh, get a sense of, you know, how a top fashion designer sort of styles the men for the season. You yourself have had a little bit of fun in your letter from the editor in the first paragraph itself, right? We are not talking about models, but regular men in these huge shopping malls or lifts. Anywhere. Anywhere, yes, where they quickly glance, and that includes me as well when I say men. Take a glance in the mirror and quickly put that curly hair. It's almost a reflexive thing. I don't know a single guy who doesn't pass by a reflective surface, who does not... (laughs) Sort of just have a quick glance to see if the head is just so, or if, you know, and I don't even think they realize they're doing that. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm glad men take care of themselves or even care how they look like. But I always thought no one was looking. Women are always looking. Women see. <laughs> you know, yes. it's, it's so ironical that women are accused of narcissism so much more than men. Whereas, a, narcissism is nothing to be accused of. It's a good thing to care about how you look and how you feel about yourself, if there is a connection thereof. And I think uh, men have been doing that forever. I mean, back in the day, in the 1800s and in the courts of royalty and all of that, Men were as flouncy as women, you know, with their jewels and the pearls. And it's good that the color is back in our lives in 
amongst both sets. So, I mean, this is a very general comment, which is not not a new thing. It's been happening for a few years now, but it's a good time for me to be able to say my little bit <laughs> about male vanity. Yes, and what are some of the other highlights, uh, Avilasha, in this one? What, what do you want to talk about? So, I really uh, sort of thought it's a it's a good time to bring up William Shakespeare. I mean, 400 years uh, since he passed, and. Uh, the impact uh, his works have had on us continue to have on us they reflect in everything from popular culture so many movies both in hollywood and uh, bollywood are borrowed from his stories some of the phrases we use in daily life et tu brute which we use just as a thing to a friend who may have said something although it's more famous in india like tame pan brutus Yeah, Indian, yeah, yeah. So the article does talk about the Indian twist to it and how we look at Shakespeare yeah. from our eyes, India's eyes. Yeah, correct. And also the fact that some uh, have resented his preeminence in this country because they feel that our uh, native uh, greats, you know, like Kalidasa and that ilk, don't get the same kind of prominence as he does. But you know, it's really a matter of reach, right? And uh, I don't think one is uplifted at the detriment of the other. So uh, Nina Matris, who's put this piece together using instances where he has been mentioned in the works of uh, authors like Vikram Seth, you'll find the uh, Arkinara, and you'll find such interesting sort of uh, comment on how we look at Shakespeare's importance. So I mean that's a piece which I really enjoyed, and obviously we also have another person on whom Shakespeare in a certain form had an impact, which is Sanjana Kapoor. Her maternal grandfather, Jeffrey Kendall, was he and her grandmom ran this traveling uh, theater company called uh, Shakespeare Rana. She began her acting career in Shakespeare's plays, drawn from her upbringing in theater and sort of become a theater evangelist. I mean, it's not, again, unknown that Sanjana is uh, a spokesperson for theater at large, but Yeah, she she's run Prithvi Theatre for 21 years. Correct, and she's also now set up an organization called Junoon, which uh, literally translates to passion, which is basically about uh, taking theatre everywhere, different levels, institutional levels. So, yeah, it's a lovely endeavor, and you know, more power to her. And and since we are on the subject of William Shakespeare, sometimes the love for the man is taken to an extreme limit. There's an anecdote I came across online. Birds feature prominently in his plays, right? You know, wrens, owls, night angels, etc. So there was one German immigrant in 1890. In, in in his love for the birds which were featured there, he let out a few starlings into America with the hope that they would breed. And they bred to the extent that there are some uh, 200 million European starlings uh, in the U.S. causing menace. They cost uh, American agriculture one billion dollars a year. So, and and, and there, there has been an instance that a plane has crashed because uh, these got stuck in an engine, etc. So that's a very happy anecdote. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. But but talking about happiness, let, let's talk about your love for food. And uh, this time as well, you've. Uh, Uh, let that bias creep in, right? There, there are there are a few pages on food and Indian chefs and name me one person who's not obsessed with food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Kathakali Chanda is another uh, absolute food lover. The person who's written this story, and um, she's spoken to some of the leading uh, Indian chefs who have interpreted Indian cuisine in in different ways, which is away from the whole greasy curry avatar. to a very modern contemporary sort of look feel as as well as taste it doesn't uh, stray too far away from traditional flavors but what it does is it takes away from the you know oh i can't eat this because look at that lard floating on top of the dish too this could be served in any you know michelin 
star restaurant and you know it would more than pass master she spoke to uh, people whose whose restaurants sort of uh, gagan gagan anand of of the famous uh, gagans in uh, bangkok where there is molecular gastronomy in indian cuisine where the plating is like like that of french food for those who want to eat their uh, butter chicken that's available in its original unabashed unapologetic avatar it is also available now perhaps in a frozen format you know <laughs> it's, it's up to you to choose and so it's a really interesting uh, trend and and as a food lover you love this little thing you know we, in college uh, they had this campus recruitment and one company had asked us to fill strengths and weaknesses a friend of mine under weaknesses he wrote butter chicken ha uh, uh, correct you yeah, speak yeah. <laughs> 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 correct i think everybody uh, north of the vindhyas would have that similar weakness <laughs> yes sir uh, one of the fun ones uh, in the final pages you have real people portraying superheroes at the times square in in the us and uh, the the story covers the men and women behind those masks and that was an interesting one it's really interesting because it's not just about the real people it's about how all those people as captured by the photographer frank marshall are uh, immigrants these are american superheroes american cultural icons mickey mouse is somebody from you know latin america or africa or asia they have difficult stories which they are telling and ultimately it's a job for them so the back story of those famous faces lurking around in times square is captured really beautifully in this photo essay by the photographer for them one of the reasons they often uh, you know became a recently became a subject of controversy was a little sad because they're doing this to earn a living tourists often don't want to pay them but yet they want to click that selfie with them i want a picture with iron man but i don't want to pay iron man for that picture but he's not really iron man so you better pay the guy because it's his job Yes and, and and miles away from uh, India you sent uh, Samar Srivastava to report from the Amazon basin I did not send Samar Srivastava anyway uh, let's not put ideas into anybody else's head <laughs> Samar Srivastava went to at uh, the Amazon for a holiday and uh, he he really enjoyed his experience uh, the few days he spent in the rainforest that he came back and decided to chronicle that for us they chose the rough and tumble route of exploring the rainforest which is from the tent to going out in the jungle people were uh, asked to eat certain creatures of the of the forest by the guide and uh, summer said no but somebody else said yes somebody even more intrepid than him and he is a pretty intrepid tra- traveler honestly that story makes you want to go to brazil and do it summer's way the only thing is do you have the guts to because it sounds a little intimidating Yeah it it's not exactly you know a seven star luxury resort in the middle of the amazon it's a wonderful uh, sort of chronicle i think for anybody who wants to give it a shot i think he he offers some really handy tips in this piece like cooking the local chicken in low flame how do you do it efficiently and summer being a foodie himself i think he would have noted that very carefully so and there's one on small town america too you read about europe you read about the the suburbs of london but the countryside the british countryside the english countryside is what we talk what nobody talks about american countryside right so so when this uh, for for metali parek you know she pushed this idea and we we found that very interesting because the juxtaposition of what is popular on the tourist uh, travel list versus places like these is is quite interesting i mean if you go to florida you probably hit hit miami right you won't hit any of these places so it's a really quaint sort of snapshot of 
you know, a different kind of holiday if you would choose to have it. There are many more such stories. We can go on for a long time, Abhilash, on this one. There is a dispatch from Bhutan. There, are, there is a story on global technicians in Indian movies. More of that is happening recently. There's a section on furniture where a bar on wheels is costing about 800,000 rupees. So I'd let uh, our listeners pick this issue up and, uh, you know, devour it over a weekend or something. Or over the summer holidays. Or over the summer holidays, yes. <laughs> yes, Abhilash, thanks a lot for your time on this one. Thank you very much, Abhishek. Thank you. And uh, all your listeners, you can get this podcast on iTunes as well as on Forbes India. And uh, you can follow Abhilasha at, uh, on Twitter at ABBY Khaitan. That's Abby Khaitan. And Forbes Life India at Forbes Life In.